You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona, and with me always are my good friends, Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And before we get started out here, we're going to give a shout out to uh, A-Power Batteries. A-Power. A-Power. Unmatched power, performance, and reliability. (laughs) Power, performance, and reliability. A-Power Batteries. Make sure you uh, grab one from uh, rcbatteriesusa.com. And uh, put in your uh, Park Flyer Podcast 10, PFPC 10. That will get you uh, our discount. And uh, let's see, who else? 3D Aero Ventures. 3D Aero Ventures. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we got to get, 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 get a better jingle. Come on, better people. Jingle. That's Sorry. true. Yep. We need some help. We need some help here. There you go. If you uh, can think of a jingle, send one over to us. Forum doesn't mean a thing if it doesn't function. 3D Aero Ventures aircraft not only look good, they are engineered with the care and pride to fly great as well. Enjoy your flight, and don't forget to share your creations with the 3D Aero Ventures community. You can go to 3DAeroVentures.com, learn more about it, Build your own beautiful, functional, and 3D printable aircraft. We've so we need that guy from like that does the movie things in a world <laughs> where you know I, we can yeah. do that. I mean, I, if you don't like the way I introduced it, then we can actually have someone else do it. But yeah, and we can actually. No, I'm just saying. That. Instead of maybe the the music or whatever you want to call what yeah, we did, we could do that. Uh, you know, you could say in a world. Where you need batteries, eight <laughs> power batteries. Well, uh, so in the zombie actually, apocalypse, who are you gonna who are you gonna I, look for for battery know, power? A <laughs> power. Do you uh, want something called energizer, or do you want something called a power? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, we're gonna give a shout out. One of our listeners actually got in touch with me and uh, Bill down in San Antonio, and he asked about it, and I think he just ordered some too. So we're looking forward to uh, hearing his report on what he thinks of the new six cell uh, batteries that he's going to be flying in his EDF. And then, Mike, you were telling us earlier before we went on the air that uh, you had a, uh, a motor or something you put on your paramotor. Or something. Yeah, so I put a new I put a new starter on my paramotor, and I and I powered it with two 2200 because that's what batteries I have. Right. Uh, th- uh, two three cells, and I put them in uh, parallel, I guess it was. Parallel. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, the thing, it cranked it right over. It was awesome. That's great. Well, good. All right. Well, rcbatteriesusa.com. Go in and put your uh, Park Flyer podcast, uh, PFPC10. Uh, and what I failed to mention on the 3D Aero Ventures is if you uh, are downloading a program, put in the word Park Flyer, and you'll get our discount as well. That'll help us out. So we appreciate uh, all of the support that you give to our sponsors, and uh, we appreciate them as well. So uh, give them a try. Let us know how to. Hey, Mike, I, I want I want to say this too. If someone wants to send a jingle to us, they can just call our number eight three zero four 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 nine four three, and then like do the jingle for us. There you go. They can. No, we we could even just use their jingle voice. We don't even have to do like <laughs> our version play. of their jingle. That's voice. right. We could just play could it. Just do it even better. That's less yeah, for us to do. <laughs> speaking yeah. speaking of our phone number, which is eight three zero four 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 nine four three. Uh, Steve Wattenberg up in New York, who has called us uh, a couple of times, he sent us a Facebook page uh, or a Facebook message that said, thanks to us, he's out flying his Hadron. And uh, congratulations to him. Let us know, Steve, how it goes. You can either uh, post it on our Facebook page or give us a call and uh, let us know. What, Good luck. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> That's right. Good luck. Uh, I Is had, that the escape guy? Uh, yes, yes, yes. He does not like us. That's been stalking us. us uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I just <laughs> named him that too. So that's going to be even better. So that's not nice. Uh, so here's the good news: is that uh, somebody else posted. It's kind of funny. If you're not on our Facebook page, go to the Park Flyer Podcast Listeners Group. Uh, we have a bunch of good guys on there, and it grow, it grows every day. I get requests for people to join, but. Uh, Steve and another guy were talking about going out and flying the Hadron, and he said uh, it's a three cell. Uh, and the other guy said uh, it's a four S or no S. So that's a, <laughs> that's t-shirt a, time. That's a t-shirt a quote for sure. Four cell, four cell or no four S. S. Or no S. That we should do that. Four S yeah. or no S. <laughs> Trademark. That was awesome. So Trademark. Yeah. There you go. 
you're gonna have to put it in there. So, well, this has been uh, a really great time. We uh, are gonna touch today on um, one of our listeners, Philip Hinkle. We've had him on the show before. He actually came down to Arizona on a trip, and uh, we got to meet. He came out to the field and he flew uh, my EDF, uh, the little L thirty nine, and your L thirty nine. That's right. Out with me, and, and plus he also didn't you mm-hmm. meet him up he there flew. in Oshkosh, Oshkosh Bagosh? Uh, no, I did not meet him in Oshkosh. He goes to Oshkosh on a regular basis, but right. this year they canceled I, it. So yeah, I know that he was own. talking about that on uh, our website. He was talking about that. Uh, that yeah, so he put a bunch of his he, uh, little P fifty one and some Mustang, or his Mustang and some you know f- uh, other airplanes out. Right. And uh, and took a picture of him and said, if I can't go to Oshkosh, I'm creating my own little one and I'm my own air show. So, uh, But he is very active uh, uh, in the RC community. I know he's out there flying. He's uh, pretty active on our website. And he has a YouTube channel called The Casual Pilot. And he actually got, according to him, he got uh, a typhoon from someone and uh, as the story goes or as he was telling us that um on if you watch his video he'll tell you as well but uh, he said somebody was building it the cg was all kind of off and wonky. Uh, i think the word yeah, is, the technical word wonky. is wonky <laughs> and so the guy said Janky. you know it feels really out of sorts and he built it and then said i'm not gonna fly it I, i'm done with it and so he called uh philip and said hey you know come get it so Philip took it and said, you know, hey, you can crash it with the rest of the people, you know, whatever. I can crash it just as good as anybody else. And so he went out and uh, did a little research and found out that when you put the battery in there, the CG moved back to the uh, just behind the uh, right at the spar, which is usually where it is. And I don't know if you've seen the Typhoon. We'll post it up there. But, you know, it's got a big bulbous nose on it and it's got that big scoop underneath the front of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it creates a lot of weight uh, up towards the nose. And I guess the directions that they had gotten pretty much said that it should be on the leading edge and that's usually not really that weird. does not even sound right yeah it's not and so uh you know he did the, some research and realized that it should actually be back on the spar where you know where it would normally be and i and i don't think people understand you know i mean maybe they do or maybe they don't but uh if you understand cgs having it at the leading edge just means that it's incredibly nose heavy and it will take a long time for the airplane off. to get off the ground <laughs> Uh, you can put as much elevator as you want, and it would still sit on the ground. Maybe you run off the end of the runway. but That's right. It's uh, now a if, car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you did get it to fly, I'm telling you, it would fly like it's wanting to, to come down, you know, just just in a constant dive. So he uh, he was smart enough to know, I think, you know, between his experience and hearing us talk about it on the podcast that, you know, they moved the, the CG back. And where he placed the battery moved it back there anyway. So I will tell you that most uh, manufacturers of of large quantity airplanes, um, FMS and Motion RC and <clears throat> some of these other great you know manufacturers that are out there, they do manufacture them with a slightly nose heavy aircraft, and that's because if they put the CG in the tail section and it was really hard to fly, they wouldn't sell as many. So right, uh, I think you gave a pretty a classic example with uh, Spencer. Mm-hmm. With the F-16, right? Because Correct. the F-16 is inherently unstable. It's an unstable aircraft. Correct. You know, it's not built to be stable and easygoing when you let when you let your hands off the controls. It's mm-hmm. meant to turn on a dime and, mm-hmm. and just go wonky the minute you let go of it. Right. Because that makes it a great fighter plane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not but you a could, good you couldn't, docile trainer to be flying no. on. And you couldn't really sell that type of airplane to the public and actually have them enjoy it because... Uh, you know, they're not F-16 pilots that are flying them. They're, you know, hobbyists. And so if you want to sell it, you have a little bit more of a, a nose-heavy, uh, you know, CG on there. And right. the, a prime example is our A-10s, right? The A-10s that we bought from Motion RC, they were slightly tail, uh, I mean, slightly nose-heavy. Nose-heavy. Nose uh-huh. And um, when we moved our CG so, uh, far enough rearward, it made for a totally different airplane. So. Now, we do have, uh, you know, some very expensive uh, Demon Cortexes in there that kind of help it out. But uh, for most of the time, even if you didn't have the Demon, if you just slid it back a little bit, you just want it to be able to fly, uh, you know, hands off, uh, you know, with, with a normal CG. If you have a little bit heavier CG, that's good for a Maiden. Uh, that way you can, you know, kind of readjust it as you get more comfortable flying the airplane. 
Right. So. And in fact, when we were down there for one of our um, for the air show, uh, and Mike had brought down his night flyer, you would move finally move you moved back the CG for him, and it, the aircraft handled so differently. You know, Mike was like, "Oh, I don't know if I like this." That's true. <clears throat> you didn't. You weren't really happy with the fact that we were flying it at night. <laughs> Because I did. Well, that was very unsettling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For first of all, mm -hmm. and then it was flying on the bubble. So it's that's not, right. It's not like I c I can see it. Very, you guys could see it, but I couldn't see it very well in the in the sky. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know when it was on the bubble. Like I couldn't even tell. Right. So if, for me, it was flying like sometimes tail heavy, sometimes not. It was just. It felt like it was all over the place. Sure. And of course, my heavy thumb doesn't help any of that either. Yeah, right. you have to um, be a little lighter on the sticks if you have a rearward CG. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So. So, yeah, it was ex exciting is the word I'd use. <laughs> exciting. It was exciting. Well, well it is. It's, it's, a, it's a paradigm shift. And I, and I understand, like you said, why the manufacturers do it. Because mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, when you watch beginners or new people or just guys who've been flying for some time, they may be very heavy on the sticks when it comes to, you know, jamming it into the corners to make a turn. Sure. Um, that kind of stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, when you trim the plane up and you give it to them, where it's in the right configuration, and then they go to make a turn by jamming it, burying mm -hmm. the sticks into the corner, and the plane flies out of control, or it's, it's just way squirrelier than they're used to. You know, it's a big, you know, paradigm shift that you have to get, you know, you got to get accustomed to. So, yeah, yeah. But once you get yeah. accustomed to it, you're like, hey, I barely have to move my thumbs. I just, I barely have to touch the stick to make it do something. So, uh, so speaking of jamming sticks yeah, and around on the... Uh, uh, so, so I was going to ask, it made me think of, uh, that cub we flew that one time at, uh, Electric Fest, how nice and mm -hmm. docile that thing was. Was that with John, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh. Oh, yeah, that's is, the E-Flight cub. Yeah. Are they going to have, uh, uh, Electric Fest this coming up year, or they got a COVID protocol, or what's going to happen? Do you know? Well, it's still far enough out. Uh, Shannon hasn't really canceled it, you know, this this far in advance. But um, uh -huh. I think we'll have to wait until the first of the year. But uh, so far, they're planning on one. Uh, I'm planning on one. I mean, I'm I was fully expecting right. to you know go out and fly. So uh, I've taken that week off, and I'll I'll be out there anyway. So <laughs> I may have to. I wear mean, a realistically, mask, but, all, all they have uh, to do is wear a mask. That's that's the only thing they would have to yeah. do. You could have you're outside. So just wear a yeah, mask, and everybody and everybody so, should be fine. So yeah, uh, when true. we do our when we do our podcast, uh, we'll be like this. We'll be like, hey, how are you doing? Your mic and so everything's fine here. <laughs> well, we'll just have to sit six feet apart. We have long enough cords. Oh, okay. that if we push well, ourselves, that's a good feet. idea. I was all right, thinking we'd we all put that. plastic bags over our head with the mics, and then we could talk normal. <laughs> 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 okay, you first. <laughs> you, you put the first. plastic bag. Exactly. We'll show see how long it lasts. Jay, right? Yeah, just show us. Um, so anyway, back to Philip. Philip uh, got this uh, typhoon and he uh, put it all together and he went and maidened it. And I guess uh, during the maiden, uh, he was trying to readjust the ailerons, got a little too slow, and he spun it into the ground. Ooh. And uh, yeah, it, it pretty much came apart. He posted pictures on our Facebook page. I did see and, those on there. Yeah, you, uh, I think you made a comment or two. And then uh, he basically said he was going to. You know, he goes, hey, my friends at the Park Fire Podcast are always talking about, you know, gluing this stuff together and using spackling and, you know, making it look good again. And, uh, you know, he had listened to us talk about Spencer, you know, blowing up his airplane and putting all the foam. So he decided uh, to go ahead and give it a try. So this is his first attempt. And, uh, you know, I thought he did a really good job. He pieced all the, uh, you know, the airplane together and he, you know, glued it back got it all kind of straightened out and then he used some spackling and he kind of explained how he did that uh smeared it all over sanded it all out and then painted it and and then uh he was going to go fly it so um you know he wanted to videotape it so the casual pilot uh that's on youtube and uh you can see his maiden but we're going to talk a little bit about it because I, I i noticed that there were some things that uh in his little documentary that i kind of wanted to touch on and i know he's a, a listener so uh, first things first is he, um, you know, he glued the airplane back together and it looked really well, really good. But there were uh, a couple things that when he glued it back together, the canopy didn't quite seat like it should have. And, uh, and then the wings didn't seat up like they should have. So 
I'm not really sure. I haven't talked to him. I just, you know, kind of got some messages from him that said, Hey, we're, I'm going to try this out. And I said, Hey, great. Let's, you know, do, do everything. And then let me see and kind of tell us how it was. But, but I know we've talked about it in the past. Maybe it's, it's good for us to review it, but with the EPP foam, which is usually what that airplane is, it's good to relax the foam before you glue it back together. It's, it's not EPP. It's EPO. EPO. Sorry. Thank you. And the EPO is a, is a closed cell, so it's really tight, and it's really um, you know easy to glue back together, and it fits just right. But a lot of times you need, because when it crashes, it crumples, uh, you need to relax the foam. And the best way to relax the foam is to do it with steam. And so if you have a, a tea kettle or even just a pot of hot water, if you can boil it, uh, then you can hold that. You can actually do two things. You can hold it into the steam until it gets warm enough to start relaxing, and you can actually see it relax. Or sometimes if you had, like in Phelps' case, he had a big fuselage, he could have just dipped it in the hot water and let that, you know, kind of relax yeah, a, a little Yeah, I'm bit. a dipper. You're a dipper? Yeah, I just jam that thing in there. Oh, do you? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, or or I just, pour the, I just pour the water over it, you know, especially if it's large, a large fuselage like that or something. Sometimes so, it's just easier. You can't you can't see it if you're uh, listening to our podcast, but I've got the, a steam cleaner, and oh. it's uh, it just has you know this little nozzle on the end, and it, oh, that's uh, good. It actually steams it. That would actually work. That would be pretty good, and you can do your clothes. So yeah, uh, I can do a lot. Say, of and you get rid of the wrinkles. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not for the wrinkles. It was for my printer, but okay. you know, anyway, oh, uh, okay. I can use that steam, and it's uh, really uh, focused, and so I can just kind of steam it. I think he, I got it on Amazon for thirty dollars or so, and uh, you know, it's not the highest end thing, but it it does have a little connection, a couple of different you know connectors to be able to you know manipulate the foam. Yeah, the nice part but, about that is it, it's small enough that you could jam it up into a fuselage. Mm-hmm. You could. Because that's the only reason why I'm a dipper or just pouring the water over it. And not to say that that's a bad thing. I mean, it, it does work. The bad part is um, that sometimes it may expand a little too much or it may just, too you, know, much. you know, you have a little bit more control with the steam. Mm-hmm. It's just that yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. And the, and. Well, and, and for me, if you're boiling a pot of hot water and you stick your fuselage in there and you go too far and touch the bottom of the pan, you're pretty much going to deform the it, – it's going to melt the foam. <laughs> I mean, the foam will melt in the hot water, especially if you touch the metal part of it. So it's got to just stay uh, either in the water or you can just focus that steam on it and it'll kind of relax. What's that? that? That won't happen at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that would happen. Ne- that would never happen. No. Never. Never. So, uh, so having said all that, um, because he took two pieces, the front piece and the rear piece of the fuselage, and he melded them together. And, you know, in my, my case, like I said, I haven't talked to him. He may have used the steam, but I'm going to probably guess he didn't because those pieces were not seating, were not sitting correctly. And had, had you relaxed some of that foam before you actually glued it together, uh, then you could have fitted uh, those, you know, right as you put the glue together, you could have kind of fit it and make sure that it all uh, kind of went together. And it also, you will use less spackling because yep. you won't have big, you know, big gouges gaps. in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah that makes big sense. Gaps. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then the type of glue that you could use, uh, I know, Gray's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that, you know, we've talked about different types of glues. Uh, Gorilla glue is, is a okay to use but it is a foaming glue so it could push the fuselage apart mm-hmm. so you have to be very careful with that uh beacons foam tack works real well and i think uh, jay has used quick grip as well right but the, the one thing i will tell you about quick grip uh if you put quick grip together and push it and don't let it out gas it can eat your foam as well Right. So those are and, those are some and it things. depends on the EPO type of foam. Some some are resistant and some of it isn't. But so I, that so pretty mm-hmm. much I, I I tend to use that only on uh, more plastic pieces or you know if I'm not too sure of the foam, um, just mm-hmm. EP, EPP foam. You know that type of stuff. I never right. have a problem with it with that stuff. Well, and as long as it's uh, in an area where it's going to get air on both sides of it, I would never. Put right. it inside the wing and then shove something in there. It'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat, eat the wing. You out. know, it, or it works really. Got to have like air you, to it. Like you know, like you rip your hinges off mm-hmm. the foam hinges. Yep. It works really good yeah. for that. 
just the dab down on one side and then tack them back together. That that because that really they're it's flexible. Yep. Right. Well, so uh, so yeah, he uh, he kind of explained on his video that he basically you know glued this thing together and now he's got it all covered in spackling. So here's a couple of different things. Uh, first of all, if you use a lightweight spackling, uh, what well, lightweight spackling works really well with water. So if you took a sponge and you wiped the you know just like didn't get the sponge like soaking wet, but just kind of squeezed it out where it was nice and moist, and you rubbed it over the lightweight spackling, it will actually smooth out the spackling. So rather than sand it, you can sand it, but if you didn't want, like if you had a big chunk of it on there, you would want to sand it. But if you just had light pieces that you wanted to kind of form, you could use water, not a lot, but just enough to get it wet, and that would smooth it out for you. Now, I will tell you that just the up-close, you know, video work that he did for his airplane, it looked fabulous. It really, really did look good. He... I think he was even impressed because it was his first time around and we'll have to, you know, get some uh, input from him. But, you know, for us, it, you know, it's kind of an old hat, but for, for someone that's just trying it out, uh, you know, you, you may not know that it will work just as well with a sponge and water as it will with, you know, sandpaper. Now sandpaper will actually rough up the, um, you know, the outside of the foam because the EPO foam is in a mold and so that, that mold is really slick. They have a mold release agent on there, and so it, it becomes really smooth on the outside. And if you use sandpaper, it can rough that, that edge up. But if you use water, it won't rough it as bad, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, once you get the spackling all done, uh, then he mentioned that he uh, was looking to paint it. And uh, he didn't really have an airbrush, so I think he bought you know a couple of dollar uh, paint and then he just kind of put them on there he didn't really explain i don't know if he brushed it on there uh, i think that maybe he sprayed it or brushed it whatever the case may be but uh, the reason i want to bring that up is because harbor freight actually sells uh, an airbrush i think it's 14 dollars, and if you take a coupon in there sometimes i can get it for like 12 dollars or something around in there okay so once again explain what type are we talking like the little dainty you know airbrushes or are we talking like the quarter mega you know i gotta paint my room airbrush from harbor freight what, which one are we talking about so they have both um they have a little airbrush which you hold in your hand it's about the size of a pen right i mean at least mm -hmm. it looks about like this and and uh you kind of hold it like a pen and then you push a little button on there and it airbrushes and if you're doing really fine detail work uh that's a really good brush it's it's inexpensive i, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it on the Mike, – Mike used it, I think, when he was at my house. He had uh, – he got to use it. But. Yeah, when you guys were doing doing the um, – your uh, – my gosh, I can't believe I had to I, – I ruined the plane because I smashed it up because I hated it That's so right. much. <laughs> you did. You hated and it I so got much. An award, and I got an award for it too. You did, yes. Yeah. So it's a multiplex if that helps you out. Yeah, still can't no, remember. still nothing. Is it old? Mike? Want to help him out? I like that you're letting him suffer through it. That's nice. <laughs> it's a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser, it's a fundraiser right? right? Exactly. It wasn't fun so, for me. No, oh. it wasn't fun for a couple of seconds. It was fun for a couple of seconds, and then it kind of uh -huh. went into the ground. But yeah, Mike was able to use the airbrush on the fundraiser. So they do have a little one. It's about fourteen dollars. Then they actually have a larger. It's called. It's a HVLP, high volume, low pressure, and it's more like a. Um, it's more like a trigger, you know, it's not like a little airbrush. It's more like a handheld trigger gun. But the good news is, is that they sell them that they come in different sizes. So they have one that's only like a 20 ounce and they have one that's like a 64 ounce. The 64 ounce is the one that you would use for your automobile. You know, it's, it's okay. a big gun. It has a big can on the, on the bottom. It's a siphon feed. So as you spray it, you know, it's got a really wide spray pattern. But they also have a smaller one that works off a, uh, off an air compressor, and it's a gravity feed, which means it's got a little tank on top. It's only about 20 ounces, and that one has a much smaller spray pattern. So if you're going to spray, like, a larger area, like if you are going to spray the whole airplane gray, um, an airbrush would take you a long time to yes. do that. I can attest to that. Right. So the, the HVLP uh, gun that they have at Harbor Freight, I think, runs, uh, you know, crime any. I can actually look it up real quick here. It runs about $15. 
and uh, it's just the 20 ounce and you can get it once again if you they have one of the cells you can get it for less but uh, as long as you have an air compressor you kind of put a I, I always put a um, I call it an apple but it's a, a a filter a water filter so it looks like an apple you can buy it at hard freight too it's about three dollars you put that in your airline then you put the airline into all right I'd come off my compressor with the apple and then I put the uh, you know the the gun on the other side of it so that it, it draws water so there's no water spe- spewing out you know the gun from the air right and if you're going to paint like a wing or something like that you can paint it all one color and just kind of spray it off and if you tape it off you can spray the the wing again with this you know you just switch out colors on it so it's it makes really quick work out of it uh, there was a conversation between Spencer and, and Philip about the spray. And, and you can, you can just walk out into your front yard, your backyard and just, you know, spray it and it will work fine. Um, Philip mentioned that he's in a small home and, you know, his house is a little smaller his garage really non-existent. He doesn't want to get, you know, overspray on everything. But with that thing, just walking outside and spray it on a nice, you know, not cloudy day or, you know, where the sun's out, you can, right. you can do just or, as good. Or if you get a, uh, a box. You know, mm-hmm. you could, yeah, if you see a, a, big, a big old box or, or, a, or you can go, or you can go to, um, Home Depot or something and buy a, uh, like one of the moving boxes for like five bucks and then you just kind of cut it open and you could spray right inside there if you're in a sm- you know, somewhere smaller and you don't want to get overspray in your garage and that'll help out a lot. And then you can just fold it back up and stick it in the corner. Yeah. I sometimes, if it's a small, uh, I actually have a couple of shoe boxes that have like a folding or like a hinge. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's fine for small parts, but I'm saying like right. if you're going to do a whole wing, do a wing least, or something, if you had a so, wardrobe yeah. box, yeah. you know, that you, you do that. that it's really kinda, easy. Yeah. So it's considered a paint booth, you know, kind of a makeshift paint, paint booth. booth. You don't have to spend it. a lot of That's the a weird technical term. So basically you, you stand inside the, the, the wardrobe box, <laughs> put it on your head and it sprays your piece. Is that... Yeah, sure. No, That's you uh, okay. <laughs> you put the wardrobe box out. What I would do is, that, you know, you want to have three sides to hang, it. Hang, it, hang the piece yeah, inside the wardrobe right. box. Just kind of hang it, and then you can kind of spray so it. So basically, you stay back from the piece and don't get paint on yourself. I like it. Yeah. It's a really good idea. So, you know, one of the things about painting as well, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but, um, you know, a lot of guys, even with a spray uh, bottle they are like a rattle can, um, a rattle can uh, if you get too close to it, you're going to cause spidering and you're going to cause a lot of paint to go. It's it's much better to use a very thin layer and just layer it than to get on there what, and really kind of coat it where what it's runny. Uh, so, you Spray. you know, having a that box with the hanger and you just use a coat hanger and kind of hang your stuff, then you can stand a little further. Yeah, you can stand a little further uh, back and spray into the box. You won't that spray will go in and then the wind won't just carry it away. Um, you know, when I walk out with whatever I have, I can use almost a whole can just spraying a small piece because, you know, I'm just letting it kind of vent in the air where if I was able to control where the, the well, spray and plus went, you're in Arizona. I, I mean, the stuff is, is like the paint for me, is hardening really before matter. it even I mean, I reached the piece. That point. You know, I'm just painting something small. Yeah. So, so my yeah. grass was red for, but I mean, you know, if, if he I was, uh, I don't think he had, I think the, the, what is? I said my my grass was red for weeks after I painted the ME163 because mm. I because I painted it all red. Right, right. That that was my that was my uh my spray booth, right? I didn't really have one it was outside. Right. Well, um, you know, I can tell you that if you're using the my fingers always turn, you know, red or whatever <laughs> when I spray it. As I get stuff all over my fingers, but uh, the little airbrush and the you know the 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 bigger you know the bigger gun they work really really well. So um, it's good to have you know that kind of um, you know tools in your toolbox. Uh, for Philip, he uh, you know he didn't have those, and and so I think he just used a little rattle can. But can, kudos to him; it looked absolutely fabulous. The um, the repair looked really well, except for those two items that I mentioned. Uh, and then, um, once again, the casual pilot uh, on the YouTube channel, uh, he got somebody to run a camera, and he went out and flew it. So I will tell you, go see the video, but uh, it actually turned out really well. Oh, <laughs> I don't awesome. want to spoil it, but 
It did. It uh, it looked really good. He uh, he flew it great. The uh, ailerons were back uh, where they needed to be, and uh, and I'm really really proud of him because he he could have just thrown it away, uh, but I think uh, with a little prodding from us and you know he kind of mentioned I you know kind of prodded him on the Facebook page and I was like dude just slap that thing back together you know it'll work. Uh, then he, you know, learned a new skill and I'm all about that learning a new skill. Well, like we're always saying, don't be afraid of foam. So, no, yeah, we have a little saying about foam, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep it uh, kid friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey, we're on YouTube. We should be allowed to say that. So what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You can tell everybody. Um, well, the good news is, though, I think, uh, you know, having the skill and, and not being afraid of making these repairs uh, and then learning, you know, kind of as you go, because this repair was the first one. The second one will be that much easier. And with the uh, little steam and, and being able to kind of mold some of that back together, I think that, uh, you know, if something was to happen on, you know, the next go around with uh, whatever airplane he has, uh, it may be that much easier to repair. And as a result, his airplanes will last longer because now he won't be su- such afraid of, you know, if something kind of gets dinged up on it, you know, how to go about and fix it. But you can actually make a foam airplane look almost, you know, almost new again. Oh, yeah. Much so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot. And it's, and it's a, my opinion, it's a lot easier working on foam planes than it is, you know, uh, monocoat and stick planes are a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they are a little bit harder, um, especially. Well, it's a different. It's a different. It's a different technique, and it's just true. true. As for what's the word I'm looking for, it's not that one's harder than the other one. It's that one's more forgiving than the other one, right? So what I'm saying is, is that with a monocoat and 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 sticks, right? You have to Mm -hmm. be. You have to have some precision. You need a certain. You need certain tools as you you know for any job, but with the foam. Let's say you just totally dink something up. Well, you could just add more spackle and just resand it. Let's say you just messed you messed that up, or maybe you took off too much of the you know you you sanded off too much. Well, you sand off too much uh, on a balsa plane. Well, you know you, you gotta kind of live with it. Mm-hmm. This one, just put more spackle on, let it dry, and then try it again. Or, or you know, we've talked about this before, but uh, you, you know, one of the things is that pink. Uh, Pink Panther foam. They actually, mm-hmm. it's called foam foamular. I think is what it's called. It's from Home Depot, and it comes in a you know, like a one inch uh, kind of thickness. Block. I think I, right. I, I've got so much of it in my garage. I mean, it's just a big pile in a box. Uh, but I just go grab one of those and I just cut it out, and then I you know I just cut a piece of the foam out and then jam the two together, and then you never know, uh, and it works out really well. I mean, when I crash the uh, the F-18, there you go. Jay has some right there. And uh <laughs> looks like somebody took a bite out of it, but, yeah, it is, <laughs> it is good foam. Uh, but I really like that stuff. It sands really well. Um, it's very, very stiff. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, you can actually, like on my F-18 when I crashed it, I actually cut the leading edge off, took that, glued that on, and then just formed it back to a leading edge. That's it. Good little uh, section right there. But it, it's a really a great product. I really like it, and it does sand. Now, I would use, you know, actual sandpaper on that one, uh, probably something not real heavy. If you used 80 grit, you're going to kind of rip into it. But if you use something in that 120 to 300, you can just takes a little bit of time, but you can sand it down to exactly uh, what you need. As a matter of fact, I think Jay... Uh, don't you have that little really lightweight glider that has the nose section made out of that stuff? Uh, yeah, sure do. The um, I, th- I can't remember what it's called a butterfly or something that you have. Anyway, feather squared, feather squared. Oh, that's right. It's a feather squared, but um, it's actually a, a full nose piece that's made out of that um, that pink foam, and uh, and we sanded it. It came out as a, it was when they shipped it to us. It was a block. And uh, we shaped it into, there you go, we shaped it into that little arrow piece and rounded all the edges. And then we were able to cut it out and put um, the receiver on the inside. So, and it's, and it's pretty stiff, you know, even with that cut in there, once you glass over it, because you can actually put fiberglass over it and you can smooth it out and, uh, and it works really, really well. So I'm a really big fan 
of uh, of that pink fomalar uh, when it comes to repairing. So if you had a big chunk, uh, you know, Philip was pretty lucky. He had all the pieces together, and he was able to kind of just meld them, you know, kind of put them all together. But I do know that, you know, when we crash airplanes, sometimes chunks disappear. We don't know where they went. Uh, and so now I have a big chunk out of the wing or out of the fuselage, and there's a hole there. What do I do with that? Uh, I just, you know, cut out of the hole to make it, you know, accept yeah, one of those take pieces. Yeah, just take a piece, like a spare chunk like this, and then yep, just put it right cut in. out a, a rough piece that looks like it'll fit in there, jam it in there, take a, take a razor, make it smooth or very, almost smooth, and uh, glue it in, and if there's any points that are kind of chunky or holes or divots that are in there, then slap that spackle in there. Wipe, wipe it over, like Mike said, with the paper towel, get it semi-smooth, and then after it dries, with the sandpaper, good to mm-hmm. go. Yeah, and it works really well. I, I have uh, repaired a whole bunch of uh, foam airplanes with it. so, And it'll stick to pretty much anything. It'll stick to the EPO, EPP, uh, the Blue Core stuff, um, you know, even the EPS, which is the beer cooler styrofoam. Mm. Uh, it, it's a little heavier than the beer cooler styrofoam, but if you cut the beer cooler styrofoam, you can match those together. They'll sand really yeah. well. Yeah, but you got to be really careful with that beer, uh, with that EPS foam because mm-hmm. the densities. You know, the pink foam is way denser, right? That's so true. if you go to if you go to sand like really, you know, oh, I got to smooth that out with the sandpaper. You just touch or look at the EPS foam wrong. I mean, you're. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I just took off. <laughs> I just sanded it down to nothing. Or, yeah, or it, it beads. It's it's very beady. So the beads mm-hmm. pop, you know, will break apart really easy. And so you, yeah, you know, it's not it as, over. it's not as a compressed foam as the right. EPO. So you have to be real light on the sandpaper with that stuff. Right. You have to be right. really careful. You're, you're more interested in sanding the pink part of it than the actual other foam. Yeah. You're just trying to match it. So I, um, you know, but you can, you can lay something over it. Um, I've actually put blue painter's tape on the top uh, of the yeah. foam and yeah. then sanded over the blue painter's tape, and then that'll keep it from really roughing yeah. it up. That's a good idea. That's a very good, so, good yeah. suggestion. Now, the one thing I didn't ask Philip, uh, we really should, hopefully when he listens to the podcast, he'll kind of give us a you know heads up. But What's that? Uh, he, he paint matched it. He actually matched the paint. So I'm, I'm interested hey, I did to that. see how he, how he figured that out. It's, it's really easy. Um, in fact, I, I read about it, I think in the AMA magazine, but, but basically you, uh, like, let's say you had a, a foam chunk that's mm-hmm. left over and it has, it's painted or you have the, the parts and pieces like in a bag, you walk into any paint store, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, and you walk up to the guy and you go, Hey, I need, I need paint to match X. And you show him the piece and the guy will just grab it and he'll go over to the little scanner, scan it. And he'll go, oh, okay, that, we can match that paint and give them five minutes and they'll throw the pigment in there and give you a pint and give you exact, exact. Now that's paint. pretty amazing. It's, it's quick and it's easy. So I, I don't know if he actually went to Home Depot and matched the dollar paint that he bought, <laughs> but, but I think he may have, you know, just knowing the color palettes, I think if you put two drops together and kind of get it close, you can, you know. Uh, yeah, I guess you can, I guess you could do it old school was like dark that. green. Dark green and gray or something like that. Let's give it a shot. He didn't really talk about how he matched the paint, but I am interested in that. So yeah. maybe he can uh, reach out to us and uh, give us a post on Facebook again and let us know how to match the paint. But I, 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 I give a shout out to Philip. He did a great job. I was really, really impressed for his first time around. It looked really good. Well, I, 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 like I said, I, it'll be interesting to hear what he did because, uh, like, you know, matching with pigments or whatever, that's that's fine. But like I said, after I saw what, what now the, the technology that we have, I was able to go in sure. and get all the paints. I needed three things of paint that I needed to be matched, got them matched, and I think I paid like $3 for a pint, you know, for each one of the little mm-hmm. pints that I got. And for less than 10 bucks, I was able to get three three different things of paint and redo my plane, and it was perfect. Now the good news is, is that you're buying enamel paint, so it's water soluble, so you can actually thin it out with water. Yeah, which is always kind of nice. If you're using an enamel paint, um, you know, water may not. Well, this, I mean, if you use a water-based enamel, you can. But if you use an oil-based enamel, you're having. Yeah. To, well, like I said, you can go in there and ask. Down. You can when you talk to the guys and tell them what you're doing. They'll they'll set you up for success. That's true. So. Always easy to to ask the professional, right? Well, well, the or, or just send us a note. <laughs> 
send us a note and say, hey, hey, we got a question. So we'll be well. Happy once to again, we are dealing with you know somebody who's working at Home Depot, and some you know it, their experiences may vary <laughs> depending on who's mm-hmm. who's standing. Or if you got an eighteen-year-old millennial who barely mm-hmm. wants to be there, he's surfing on his phone. Maybe not so much. So yeah, you want me to do what? What? <laughs> I, I think they can do that. I think so. They hit that thing with jig. Well, you know, don't you just know the paint that you want? Isn't it over there? Right, right. Well, uh, so if once again, if you haven't seen it, go to the Casual Pilot. Uh, he has uh, solicited. Um, you know, he's given us a shout out on his, uh, um, you know, his video once or twice. You know, telling us that we were the ones kind of spurred him in that direction. So we do appreciate that, Philip. Um, <clears throat> we're really happy that you got it back in the air. That you did a really good job maidening it. Uh, I think that uh, the airplane fly is fantastic. It is a retractable gear, so I think that's kind of cool, too. Uh, and uh, if you watch the video, he had a friend of his out there with a quad that uh, got some chase video, chase oh, video nice. as well. So, yeah, it was kind of neat. So it looks like that airplane is going to be really fun. And, um, you know, sad that the guy had to give it away because he felt that, you know, he wasn't going to be able to fly it. But Philip, I think, inherited, it, uh, inherited a good, um, I think it's an FMS. Um, typhoon. It's fourteen hundred millimeters, so it's fairly good size. You know what it reminds me of is the um, the one that we had at the Electro Festival that we crashed the uh, the five bladed one that you gave me. Yeah, I know. That was such so uh, sad. The hurricane. 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 Yep. And and I destroyed you know the civilian model as well. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that was a quick toss in the air. Yeah, boom. That was all she <laughs> yep. wrote. Yep, yep. Now, I, I will tell you that most of the time, uh, you know, I mean, here we are talking about fixing foam. When Jay and I destroy an airplane, there is literally not very much left of it. If there's enough left to, to put it back together, we normally put it back together. Uh, the L-39, I've, you know, put back together probably five or six times already, and it's still flying like a champ. But those two particular airplanes, uh, they were beyond repair. Right. Now... Beyond repair for us, if he gave it to somebody else, maybe they could piece that thing together like a puzzle. But it was um, it was not for us. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was pretty much uh, looked like it exploded. The it main thing is because pounds uh, after you added all the glue, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the time you had glue, you just need a stick pieces. of glue. I used the whole bag. <laughs> That's right, a ten pound bag of glue sticks, and he uses the whole thing. Uh, for my particular, uh, the hurricane, was it the hurricane? Yeah, I think it was a hurricane. Anyway, the, uh, um, it's, what is the rare bear? I think it's, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, 47 P 47. No, no. The rare bear is the one that's that. I think that's the cat, the, uh, F eight, but, uh, this one was the Hawker. It was the Hawker. That's that's um, a Hawker Hawker hurricane. Yeah. Anyway, it was the Navy version. It was, um, I think it was a Canadian or something, but uh, had the big, you know, looked really good. And uh, but the prop came off of that. The motor mount just uh, dislodged, and so yep. not only did the uh, motor mount come off, but the propeller turned sideways and just like a buzz saw through the foam, and then uh, it chewed through the uh, electronic speed controller wires, and that was pretty much it. After that, the airplane just departed. Control flight came apart and hit the ground, rocks, broke into a million pieces. <laughs> I think we were out there for 10 minutes trying to pick up all the pieces just so we wouldn't yeah, leave anything That was behind. pretty sad. It was pretty sad. And it, it was good thing really I got well. A, yeah, once it, once we got it flying. But it, taking it off, it had a little bit of, remember, because it kept, uh, it would get up and mm-hmm. it would just around the nose, would come over. You had to be really, really gentle. So that that's pretty funny because uh, on Philip's uh, initial the the second you know the maiden that he just did on this uh, on this casual pilot uh, video, he uh, he started to take off and the airplane just made a left turn and went right into the grass and st- set up on his nose, and I, I thought about you actually when you were trying to fly that you know that particular airplane because it was always you'd always like get it up on the nose and grind the prop down. So I was going to tell Philip you need a little bit more right rudder. Which he figured out the second time around. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he put enough right rudder to kind of go the other way, but it definitely got airborne. So, uh, I thought that was only I thought that was only on my uh, on my fundraiser in the ME. No, I mean, that ME is like a right angle takeoff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much for that thing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, the bigger the airplane uh, propeller on it, the more torque you have on it, it's going to turn to the left. You know, it's going to have that left turning tendency. So you're going to have to take off with a right, uh, right stick. You know, just just a little bit though to kind of keep it going straight down the runway. But once you get airborne and once you get the tail up, there's enough control. You know, but when it's sitting on its tail wheel, you don't have a whole lot of airflow going over the tail. So you're trying you're trying to steal the uh, steer the tail wheel basically to keep it going straight. And then uh, once it gets rolling, you can bring that tail, and now it's got control. So, But he did a good job uh, getting it off the air, and, and it was a beautiful landing too. So I have to, um, once again, give him kudos. Nice job. We uh, we appreciate the shout-out. Uh, glad we could be of help when it came to repairing your airplane. So we're excited. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, if there's any other listeners that have uh, – you know, repairs that uh, we can help out with or that we can uh, see. We'd love to hear it. And I thought it was great that he included us in on the, um, you know, on that little, um, he put, he posted it on our Facebook page and, and uh, gave us a shout out that we, you know, kind of given him the inspiration. So it's good. We're actually reaching out and touching some. We were like a muse. We're his muse. Yes. We're actually getting some of our listeners to uh, participate. So that's kind of cool. Well, what, uh, what do you guys got going on this week? Anything? Mike, you got some builds or something? You actually have a trip coming up that you may wind up with some airplanes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so. gonna go up to Alaska and uh, uh, visit uh, family up there, and and uh, may bring some planes back with me. That's right. Very cool. Don't know how many, but we'll yeah, see. We'll see. It'll be yeah. it'll be kind of be good. We'll see what's up there, and and uh, have to give us a heads up on what's <clears throat> what what you're able to bring back. So. And then Jay, you got a you got a big project back there. What's uh, what's flying this week? Uh, let's see. Well, I'm probably going to be flying the L39. That's going to be flying. I'm going to be flying the Hadron. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty much sticking that thing on uh, you know 4S or no S. I think that I'm going to get a little sticker <laughs> stick on that 4S, <clears throat> just because I enjoyed that so much. Um, and then uh, I'm just kind of uh, like I said. I think um, I oh I know. Uh, an update for the 3D printed plane. I finally got the part that I needed uh, to fix the motor. And so basically, oh, if okay. you guys remember, um, one of the things that was holding me up was there were two uh, little grub screws that were in there that uh, held the shaft on. And unfortunately, oh, the shaft the shaft pulled free. Um, and the reason it pulled free was because on the motor shaft itself. On the other end, there were actually divots in the shaft so that the grub screws could go in and actually hold. And it wasn't just on the round stock. There was a flat spot that they could hold on to. Right. Um, so they they slipped and the, it was able, the shaft was able to, to break free and destroy the plane. Or at least destroy the uh, cowl. The nose, um, right. The nose, right. So anyway, um, I basically was uh, waiting on something to get the, the grub screw because I basically, I just, you know, I, I ruined it Stripped and it out. nothing could fit in there and it was all smoothed out. So I got a screw removal kit that was small enough and in millimeters that would fit uh, the bit, that particular grub screw. It kind of sort of worked. Um, <laughs> I ended up drilling, I ended up drilling through the grub screw. I had to, in order for the, to get the bit in there to chew out and smooth it out so that I could, you know, back it out. Right. It didn't exactly work, but it it basically uh, I basically I'm at a point now that I just said I think I'm just going to drill it out to four millimeters, and then I'm just going to get a, a tap and just tap it for four, and then just use a four millimeter grub screw uh, instead, because mm. basically it got out enough of the old grub screw. That it's still in the um, it's still it's still in the grooves, and it's thin enough that it's still in there, and I and it's just almost impossible to get. I can't. It's still not breaking free, uh, but it's really? not breaking up or it's falling out. It's still in there, so I'm just like, yeah, screw it. So you're gonna actually drill out the the hole the hole itself and yep. retap and retap it. Yep, I think so. Can you actually stick another grub screw down in there and get it to feed through the, the threads? I haven't tried it. Hmm. Ah, uh, just use a wood screw. It's fine. <laughs> just put a put a drywall screw in there. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, it'd be interesting. Yeah, wow, 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 yeah. Wow. You could uh, tell us all about that. 
when it comes. You know, with all the effort they put in, you might you probably been better off just buying another motor. Mm, Yeah, never. (laughs) (laughs) I know. What? I got I'm, it. I'm already in for a penny. I'm in for a pound. I got to go buy a tap and die set, but not going to buy a new motor. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> no. And the well, motor because... cost me $5. The tap and die is $35. So, yeah, this is this is no longer just and, a... And by the way, that tap and die set, that's $35, is only going to last them one time that's right. anyway. One use only. Well, guys, you've got to remember, this is this is more of a pride thing. You know, by gosh, I'm not going to let them grow up. Mm-hmm. That, we, uh, we figured it out. That's why we're Americans. People around the world don't understand this. This is what makes Americans great. That we that we will go out of our way to build a bridge just to go over there to return something that we could have went took got on a boat and went down the river. But no. That's taken us too long to go down there to do that, to walk up the hill when I could just build a bridge. I'll build a bridge so I can just drive over there. Right. Is that what that bridge yeah. to nowhere was? Exactly. All about? That's it. And that's it was exactly. to somewhere. And it was the airport. It would have been. It would have been a exactly. Bridge. But that's <laughs> that's what we're about. We just do. You know. Uh, you know. Do we have to kill the enemy? And uh, could we just do it with one bullet? No. I'm going to drop. Uh, you know, a hundred fifty thousand dollar missile, and I'm going to shoot at that dude who's hiding behind that rock, who can't hurt anybody because he's you wow. know, a couple miles away. We want to be absolutely sure he's gone. Exactly. Though. Did it help us win the battle? No. But so, we yeah. got that guy. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, that's what we're about. So this grub screw, by gosh, it's not going to beat me, Mike. No way. <coughs> yeah, I have the technology. I have the Even technology. Even if he has to throw $3,000 at that thing. Exactly, $3,000, but I will win. <laughs> and I'll get that plane to fly again. Even though I spent five uh, times the money on that thing, as opposed to I could have built five right. planes with the money that I'm spending. You know what, this. Jay? I wonder if you could print out a 3D print uh, grub screw that you could then try to drive in into that um, space that you can't get those pieces out because maybe that'll push them along enough and you won't have to worry about it because that's plastic. That'll come out again. Uh, n- no, because like I said, it's it's basically I boarded out to where there's like just a thin, you know, a tenth of the, the materials just – just coated right down, uh-huh. right down the groove, the grooves that were in there. Uh huh. So, wow. so now take the take the next size bit up or whatever, and then sort of screw it in there a little bit, and then unta- you know pull it out that way. You would think that that would work, or at least with the screw removal kit, that would have it would have caught, but it it's not catching. So, huh? Hmm. That's crazy. So I just figured. I'd, I'll I'd just, actually I'll have to drill. look at it and see. And I feel really bad for Jay because sitting in my garage right this second, exactly this second, if I was to walk in there, is a whole boat load of tap and dies for what he needs. <laughs> and they were at his house. When but I brought him home. What? Oh, that's what right. You, you brought about? I got the whole set. From San I even have the arm that drills down into it, the whole deal, man. It's it's a complete a complete kit on drilling out that little thing. So. Yeah, maybe you should spend three dollars and send it up my way, and I could get the screw out. <laughs> It'd probably be cheaper than buying the whole tab and die set. Well, I'm gonna but get it. From you know what? Good, you need so. one anyway. Yeah, and then I'll have. Well, there you go. For for the next time, like I said, which will never ever happen, guys. I, I always part, say right? it's better. No, I I always say it's better to have the right tool for the job. It makes it so much easier. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's better, which is better to have the right tool than be a tool. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. Jay's a tool. <laughs> I'm the tool. That actually was a really good one, Mike. Uh, that was really uh, just delivered perfectly right on time. So I'm making shirts with right now. So we're good. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, that's good news that you're uh, at least working on that. I'm I'm excited about, you know, finally getting it done. It's only taken, you know, three weeks to, to get the grub screw out. You'd have thought that, you know, bigger hammer or something, so. Did you try to heat it out tool. with your uh, TS one hundred again? Did did that did that not work? The heat? I did I did heat it up and it worked fine. Um, oh, okay. But it didn't it didn't break it free like I was hoping because I was just thinking the guy yeah. might have put some uh, Loctite or something in there, mm-hmm. or by expanding mm-hmm. it anyway would just help with breaking it free and it just did not. You know if he if he cross threaded it, it you're kind of hosed. It, it wouldn't have come out if it's cross threaded. Right. Yeah. I mean. You're, you're to the point of boring it and putting a new tap in anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you get one of those um, pick sets like I have that has a real small pick? You couldn't get in there and just peel it out? Uh, I tried. 
In fact, uh, oh, I, I did get I did get a bunch a bunch of the stuff done, um, and I just redrove the shaft through there, and it kind of caught everything and mm-hmm. bent it up, and I was able to pull it back out, and I got bits and pieces, but I never got a piece that was big enough to break off or to start it turning, and that's just the thing. It just it's just being difficult, yeah. man. So I, that's why I've come to the conclusion it's just better to drill it out and then retap it. Yeah, well, one size. Well, Sometimes you can or, just run the tap in there and it will run through those things. Like you don't have to drill point. out to use the like next size. You just, yeah, use existing Yeah, you just tap. get the right. tap for Henceforth, that size. Henceforth, I need to get the tap. Uh-oh, there's a little creature back there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see him. Oh, I'll yeah, have to censor that. I know what she's, she's about to do. Censor. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of censor, yep, there, you, there go. you go. She's looking at you. Good girl. Um. It's funny that you mentioned that. I know this has nothing to do with the Park Flyer podcast, but uh, our house went on the market, you know, this week, and we posted a bunch of pictures, and I posted a picture of the backyard. And uh, anyway, we didn't really think about it, but we started looking at the ad, and she goes, oh, look, there's one of our dogs. And I started laughing because the other little dog, the one like you have, is out in the yard doing his business. And he blends in perfectly with, like, the vegetation. So when you first look at the picture, you don't see him. But then after a while, you're like, oh, my gosh, look at that dog. It's He's, like, right <laughs> in the center of the photo. So I had to he's delete fertilizing. it. He's fertilizing. He is. He was fertilizing. The, but it was pretty funny because he was just standing there, you know, kind of looking at the camera. <laughs> I totally posted this as one of the pictures to sell a house. But I took it down. So there you oh, go. that might be the thing that makes people know that real people live in that house. <laughs> it would say, hey, look. These, these people are real. They The people that live in this house That's are real. Funny. Here they are. Exactly. Well, I uh, just real quick um, worked a little bit with Spencer this week. We did some uh, graphics work. Uh, he's putting his rebel together, so um, we did some. Uh, <laughs> we did a um, you know kind of a um, some paint masks for for the rebel, and uh, I did the bottom part of it. So um, we came, he came over and you know did a little bit of that. So that's what I did this week, and uh, I got my uh, cockpit for the. Uh, the jet, the L thirty nine jet. So I've been looking at you know how to put two pilots or whatever in there and see how that goes. So we'll uh, post a picture of that and so you can kind of see it. But yeah, it uh, that's about all I've done this week. I've been working mostly because I took that big vacation. Now I got to kind of make up my time, <laughs> so I've been traveling a little bit more for work. But anyway, that's hard to believe. Our hour is up. It is up. I know it's crazy. So, Mike, anything, uh, AK Mike, anything for you for the weekend? Uh, nope. Other than getting, the, getting ready for your trip? It's supposed to be rainy and nasty up here. The weather's been uh, over the last yeah, week. Yeah, they're been, talking uh, about something really like, know, typhoon, hurricane, some, something simple. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sketchy. <laughs> well, good good time to take out your Polaris and go fly. That's what I yeah, was there thinking. there you go. Right, right. Yeah, if there's water in your street, then just fly yeah, the Polaris. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why I like that plane for sure. It's one of my favorite planes. Oh, good. Well, I'll uh, be uh, cruising through Dallas this weekend anyway uh, for work. But uh, oh, good. Yeah, so if it's uh, nice and nasty and rainy, then I'll be thinking about you as I'm cruising. <laughs> I've got to go to Ireland, actually. So there you go. Going to go to Dublin. All right. Kind of cool. So actually, by the, time, by the time this uh, podcast comes out, I'll actually have been back from Dublin. So <laughs> I wanted there to. You go. I just got back from Dublin. Maybe you can find out if uh, they, you know, do any RC flying up there anywhere. Ooh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I'll have to look into that. Except right. the controls, yeah. their controls are going to be all messed up. So. They'll be backwards. They'll just, just, mm-hmm. just trying to warn you. Do they fly on the other side of the sky, or how does that work? <laughs> the other side of the sky, they fly a right-hand pattern versus our left-hand pattern. Uh, no, their radios are actually a uh, what do they call them? A two or a one? I think it's a mode one. Yeah, yeah. mode one or whatever. So the throttle's on the other side kind of weird okay so. I, be, I bet some of those people fly those mode too anyway uh Maybe. i believe some of them do and some of the guys over here i know a couple of the guys in the jet world that fly mode two i think like the opposite mode one you mean the other way yeah with the mode throttle one, on the left yeah, with the throttle on the left i mean the throttle on the, on the right, right. yeah so yeah, i think ours sorry. is mode two there's a mode one something like that well yeah i'm a left-handed flyer <laughs> so that's funny. Well, we uh, once again have to uh, kind of wrap it up this week. I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, RCBatteriesUSA.com uh, and 3D Aero Ventures. 
at 3dwareadventures.com. Make sure you visit both of our sponsor page. Give us a like. Go on to YouTube and our YouTube channel. Subscribe and uh, give us a thumbs up. Ring the bell. And uh, that will help us out as well. So, wow. Hard to believe this. Uh, well, well, and leave a jingle. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah, well. 830-444-4943. There you go. There you go. You can leave us a jingle yeah. as well. Let us know. Leave a jingle. <laughs> yeah. If you have a project that you've been working on and uh, would love to hear about it, you can share it on our Facebook uh, listeners page at the Park Flyer Podcast uh, listeners group. Uh, just send us a note to join and uh, why you love RC, and we'll uh, bring you into the group and then uh, post all you want. We appreciate all of our listeners and uh, the support that they give us. Other than that... Wow, the hour's up, and uh, I guess I'm Michael from Arizona. And I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And I'm A.K. Mike in Texas. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to Park Flyer Podcast at gmail.com.